You've probably heard it all before, but this time, let Dr. Lanker connect the dots in a way that makes the Christian faith come alive. I'm your host, Dr. Jason Lanker, and I'm here to help you connect the dots. As a pastor and professor for the last 30 years, I want to help you not only understand the Christian faith, but to make it a transformative part of your everyday experience. Join me as we connect the dots. Having walked through this journey on what the gospel actually is, if you've paid attention, you'd notice that we still actually haven't answered that question. We've answered a question that I introduced and, and gave us as a way to be able to understand and come to a conclusion on what the gospel is. But the actual gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is something we still have to answer. And so we need to dig into that. And as we do, I want us to be honest, hopefully, about what it is that we've seen through this journey. We've seen that we, in our desperate need, call out to Jesus. Most of the time, it's as we're sinking below the waters, we've tried everything else that we could possibly ever try. And in desperation, we cry out and we ask for salvation. We ask for deliverance or healing in, in some particular area of our lives or maybe in our own lives. We're asking for God to make things right, to forgive us for our past, to give us guidance in the future, to give us hope for tomorrow. And he does. He reaches out and he's grabbed so many of us and he's brought us to himself and we know the good gift of salvation. Maybe we've just lost our way and we're wandering aimlessly and we just don't know what the next step is or how we're going to be making it through this hard season of life with little money or little friends or unsure of where we'll be in this house or this apartment next week. In all those places, we can cry out to this loving, living God and say, we need your help. Please save us. Please give us eternal life in the heavens. Please bring us into your eternal kingdom. And if we've paid attention, Jesus's offer to us is discipleship. If you want salvation, come walk with me. I'll heal your past. I'll make things right in the present. And I will lead you on into the future. If, if your relationships are messed up, come to me. I will love you as no other ever has and ever will. You will enter into life the way it's supposed to be, intimate union with me. And as I work in you and we are in relationship, you are my disciple and I am your teacher. I will bring this life that I have to you and ultimately through you. And if you've lost your way, if, if you don't know how you're going to make it, if your kingdom has been destroyed, then come to my kingdom and I will disciple you in the ways of how I want life to be lived. The ways that I created from the very beginning, I will teach you how to live in that, how to walk by my truths that bring not only blessing to you, but blessing in the world around you. Discipleship is the only means to experience salvation, eternal life in heaven, and the kingdom of God. It's, it's the way that we enter into relationship with Jesus. This is really, really important for us to get. Discipleship is not an option. 
It is the means of knowing Jesus. When his own family comes to him throughout the Gospels, you'll see this in many different portions of Jesus' journey. One of the first is in Matthew chapter 11, when his family comes to take him home. Uh, It happens in Mark, happens in Luke. Each time in these different scenes that are set, Jesus offers his family the opportunity to be part of his true family, a family that is created through discipleship. They don't have access to all that he has to bring, all the goodness that he offers from God himself, unless they come to him as his disciple. And they are unwilling. They, they don't get it. Even his own mother doesn't understand that it is only in and through discipleship to Jesus, her son, that she would actually come through the gate enter the way that brings her to the goodness that God has to offer. When we do get that, that's when we get to experience the fullness of all that God has to offer us. Interestingly, in this journey, even though we cry out to him most often for our own personal deliverance and healing and fixing our messed up relationships and fixing our purpose, God takes our selfishness and he meets us there because we can speak from experience from this. We, we turn to him and, and he doesn't deny us and say, hey, no, you don't see the bigger picture. You need to get all of your ducks in a row and then I'll work with you. He takes us where we're at. And when he takes us where we're at, he moves us beyond this. And so what he regularly does in our salvation is he is going to fix you before he fixes the world around you. He's going to show you how broken you are, and he's going to address those things. And as he does, he's going to disciple you into what it looks like to be a healthy human being and to be the person that God's made you to be. And that process is necessary so that his instruction, his way of living flows through you. It isn't just you stepping back in and fixing everything for everybody else, which everybody hates, because we can't fix it. Ultimately, none of us can fix it. Only God can. So we have to bring him into the room with us, and so we need to receive him first. John talks about it, the beloved disciple. He says God pours out his love through us. We love because he loves us first. And this world that is in desperate need of love, what God wants to do is he wants to fill us up with his goodness, with this intimate relationship with him. And think about it, an intimate relationship with the infinite God. You can't hold it. It's too much for you. And that's the whole point. Just like Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, that he wants to pour out his grace into our lives in such a way that we obviously can't hold it so that the goodness comes through us, not just to us. And he's going to make this world a loving place by loving us first and being loved by him and accepting that and just passing on the goodness that he brings when we are completely unlovable. And then the last is is that through discipleship to him, he teaches us not how to fix our whole worlds and how to how to go ahead and love people the way that they need to be loved. He teaches us to simply obey the spirit's leading. That this is huge for us. It, for me, this is probably one of the hardest ones. I want God to tell me everything that's going to happen in the process, why it's going to happen, where it's going to lead to, how it all fits together. And he just says, Jason, just trust me. 
just do whatever it is I ask you to do. And if I know the whole journey, then guess what? You'll get there. But I want to be God. I want to see the whole picture. I want to hold the reins and decide when to slow down and when to speed up. And that is in complete opposition to his kingdom work. He's the one that's in control. I have to give my full heart to him in simple obedience when I don't know what the next minute's going to bring. And honestly, how true is that? Whether you saw what was going to happen 20 years from now or not, you do not know what's going to happen even in the next minute. So being faithful in the places that he's placed us is absolutely essential to living this good life with him. Bringing all that together and talking about all that, it seems like, and it seemed like to me when I began to unravel a lot of these terms and these concepts that I had heard throughout my whole Christian life that maybe I misunderstood the gospel and and I didn't understand how right I really was. And so as I began to try to put this back together, my conclusion, and and I think it's a good logical conclusion with how central the concept of discipleship becomes, is that the good news of Jesus was discipleship. It, It was the best news ever, that he was taking us under his wings, and that he was going to make things right, and that he was going to love us forever. And that he was going to show us everything that needed to be done. But as I got into what the gospel actually was and began to really dig into that term, it, it amazed me and, and it really hurt me <laughs> on the other side. Because here I was, this passionate follower of Jesus who had never had anybody just take the simple word of the gospel and unpack it for me that I went, Oh my goodness, I've never heard that in my whole life. How how did I miss that? We'll talk about it in our next episode, why I think that many of us believers have missed this most essential aspect of the gospel. But let's start first with just the definition. The, The word gospel in Greek is the word euangelion. It's translated literally as good news or even great news. And what's interesting about this term was that it was, it was a term that the early church, these, these disciples and these apostles of Jesus, they chose to call Jesus' message, led by the Holy Spirit. Of all the terms, they said, we're sharing with you the euangelion. Now, by them using that word, they were using an incredibly, incredibly loaded term. The term euangelion was used in the ancient world by kings sending a message to their subjects saying, I am the rightful ruler and all of you who would bow before me are offered peace and goodness, mercy, all that you could desire by me being in control. It, it, it sent at the Battle of Marathon uh, when they send the runner back to the city to be able to say, hey, you know what? The king is one. We have peace and freedom. It was sent out by the Caesars, usually on the anniversary of their inauguration, or it was sent out on their birthday as this reminder to the populace that they controlled and that they ruled over, this is our king. This is good news. This is the Ewangelion. And our king brings peace. Our king brings goodness. Let's bow our knee before this 
great and good king. He is awesome. What a great thing that we get to be his subjects. That is what the term euangelion means. It has a specialized meaning to it. And if you've spent any time around the church and if you're connecting the dots with everything that we've been talking about, it seems that the euangelion, the good news, is not the good news that most of us have received or that most of us have shared with our friends or our family or our campers or the people we love in the world around us. Our good news from an American perspective is that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for your sins. If we take that concept, that concept applies most fully to the concept of justification in salvation. As we've walked through this journey, we've seen that God's goodness is a whole lot more than salvation. And it's certainly a whole lot more than justification. So so why are we focusing the gospel on one particular point? And, And if it isn't focused on justification, oftentimes it's on eternal life in heaven. This is good news. We get to die and spend an eternity with him. Hopefully through this journey, we've seen that that's a little bit of a different concept that's offered more fully today than what we realize. But even if we were to offer that, that doesn't seem to be a one-to-one parallel to this word euangelion. If the concepts that we've talked about fits most with this term euangelion, it's the term and the concept of the kingdom of God. That seems to be most central to what the gospel actually is. Whether it is or not, is something for us to really unpack from the scriptures. But we can end with this, and this is probably the most pressing comment I've made throughout this entire podcast. When we look at the term gospel, what seems to be clear is that the gospel is not the gift of salvation or the gift of eternal life in heaven or discipleship. It may be just the kingdom of God, but we're going to have to dig into that more deeply to be able to understand this good news that we should be building all of our lives on today, tomorrow, and forever. Join me next time as we talk about the depths of what the gospel is from God's good word. If you enjoyed listening today, please subscribe to our podcast. And if you'd like more information, please visit us at drjasonlanker.com. That's D-R-Jason-L-A-N-K-E-R. May you go in the grace of God, and may you not just understand the Christian faith, but live it more fully this week.